Amen. Thank you, choir. I got a message from Dr. Estep yesterday, and he said we have the best seniors in the world. Amen. We do, and uh, sends his greetings. You know, I, I know when you get older, sometimes it's hard to get up and get out of that chair. I'm grateful these chairs behind us on the platform, they put some new cushioning in there. Before you had to rock three times to get up. <laughs> now they're kind of bouncy back there, you just kind of fly out of the chair now, so I'm, I'm grateful for that. Well, it's Senior Adult Sunday, and I tell you, I am grateful for our senior adults. The other day I was driving down Forest Drive. I had a hospital call to make, and as usual, I'm running a little bit behind, so I was speeding. I'm confessing, all right? So I'm driving down the road, and there in the right-hand lane, I saw one of our senior adults driving. And I kind of went back in time. I thought I was driving my 1968 Mustang, and he was driving a 1968 Camaro. So um, I said, giddy up, and my little Honda was doing all it could do, but I caught him. Then I zoomed past him. I mean, I blew his doors off. <laughs> then I looked in my rearview mirror, and sure enough, he got right behind me. So I called him on the phone, and I said, Hey, do you know this is me in front of you? He said, I do. He said, you don't drive down this road very much, do you? I said, no. And he said, well, he said, the next traffic light is a speed trap there. And he said, the one after that, there's a policeman always there. And so he just named them all. And I wanted to say, how do you know? Well, he knew from personal experience, all right? So he gave me a warning not to be driving fast down that road. If he was here today, I would like to thank him, but his initials are Wendell Estep, all right? <laughs> I blew his doors off, I did, I did. You know what they say when you're driving 70 down the road? You ought to be singing Heavenly Sunlight. When you're driving 80, nearer my God to thee. When you're driving 90, Lord, I'm coming home, all right? <laughs> I love senior adults, though. You know, senior adults love to sing. They, they really do. They love to sing. Now, some of you might remember this, but this right here is a 1940 Broadman hymnal. 1940, that's before my time even, 1940. Senior adults back in the day, they would grab a hymnal, and they would sing from those hymnals. Now I'll be honest with you, I'm glad for the screens today. 
their large print. I'm glad for those. But back in the day, you know, if you were in high school like I was, you'd find a pretty girl. You'd walk up to her and you would say, uh, would you like to share a hymnal with me? <laughs> so, you know, this thing was so heavy, it took two people to hold it up. <laughs> you'd open it up and, uh, you know, you'd hold one side and she'd hold the other side. You know what that did? That freed up this arm so she kind of slip it around her and hug her clothes. That's right. I can see Doug and Ellen Center doing that. I, I tell you. Hold them close. Confession is good. Steve Phillips and myself, we sang a duet for senior staff meeting. We did. We sang a duet not too long ago, and the song was entitled, Just a Little Yodel for Jesus. No one said amen. But three dogs in the parking lot began to howl. <laughs> Boy, they did. They began to howl. Perhaps the first hymn book of the people of God is a book of Psalms. So if you got your Bible there, I want you to look at Psalms chapter 8 today. Psalms chapter 8. Psalms chapter 8 is one of the most well-known of all the Psalms. The book of Psalms, that word Psalms really means melodies. It really is a hymn book in the Bible. There are 150 hymns in the book of Psalms. And again, that word Psalms means melodies. Uh, one Old Testament version in Greek uses the word praises for the book of Psalms. Now, there's an introduction there at the top of that psalm, and it says this. It says, For the choir director on the Giddip. And I tried my best to find out what that word Giddip means. But there, as it introduces Psalm 8, that word Giddip, I'll give you two different interpretations. Warren Wearsby says it comes from the land of Gath. And it means wine press, on the wine press. The Bible Knowledge Commentary, more conservative, says it means the timing or the speed of a song. In other words, it's like a march. So what I tend to think is maybe they were on the wine press drinking wine, they started singing faster, I don't know. But this is a wonderful psalm that's a song in the Bible. So we're going to read the Word of God just today as a wonderful testimony that this is the inspired, perfect Word of God. I want you to stand with me as we read the Word of God. Stand with me in honor of the reading of the Word of God. Psalm chapter 8, verses 1 through 9. 
O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth, who have displayed your splendor above the heavens. From the mouth of infants and nursing babes, you have established strength because of your adversaries to make the enemy and the revengeful cease. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you take thought of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than God, and you crown him with glory and majesty. You make him to rule over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name and all the earth. You may be seated. Psalm chapter 8 is a psalm of David. It's a psalm of the shepherd boy, a psalm of the king. One commentator said that perhaps David was laying down in the field at night. Perhaps as a young boy, a young shepherd boy, he's laying down on his back and he's laying in the grass at night and he looks up and he sees God's wonderful creation. As David stares at God's creation, he begins to praise. I want to tell you, I believe that God created this world. God might have done it with a big bang. If God did that, God pulled the trigger. I just believe that God created this world, and God creates you and I for purpose. Psalm chapter 8, in this psalm, we find that David gets on holy ground. He gets on praising ground. Our view of who God is, our view of what God can do, will affect our worldview. I believe that God is a personal God. I believe that God is a powerful God, and I believe He is a perfect God. When you and I serve this kind of God, He fills the void in our lives. Augustine, one of the church fathers, said this, You have made us for yourself, speaking of God, and our souls are restless until they find their rest in you. There's something about man that searches for meaning. There's just something about man that searches for purpose. Rick Warren wrote that wonderful book, The Purpose Driven Life. Only God can give us purpose and meaning in our lives. What does David believe that we should do when we are confronted with this God? Well, there are several things. Number one, we are to praise the Lord for His glory. 
praise Him for His glory. Man, I, I love to sing and to praise. I love times where the church comes together and they are just wrapped up and involved in praise. I want to tell you, we, we pray a lot, but sometimes we don't get on praising ground. Well, the psalmist here says that there is a praise that God's people ought to have. And notice in verses 1 and 2, David begins in the right spot. He begins with God. We find that this psalm, it's, it talks about the glorious nature of God. God's glory is the sum total of all that He is. And God is glorious because He is my Lord. Look at verse number 1. Verse 1 says, O Lord, our Lord. In those two different words for Lord, and David uses two different words here. The first one you'll find in your Bible is all in caps. L-O-R-D, it's all caps. It is the word Yahweh. David says, O Yahweh. That was the name of the covenant God of Israel, Yahweh. It was supposed to be the unpronounceable name. It was so holy. What David says, he says, This God I have a covenant with. This God I have a relationship with. And so God is glorious because He is my Lord. But then also notice he says, O Lord, then he says, Our Lord. And you'll find the second word for Lord there in verse 1. It's not the same word. It is the word Adonai. The word Adonai, which means Lord, boss, controller. And so what David is saying, he's saying, O Yahweh, the covenant God, O Lord, Adonai, my boss and controller. Aren't you glad we have a personal God? Years ago, they had a committee that was uh, doing a new hymnal. You know, there have been several done. This one's 1940. The one in the pew rack is 1991. Been several hymnals that Baptists have done. And one time, the hymnal committee got together and they decided they were going to pluck one hymn from the hymnal because according to these highbrow people, they said it was too, too much meism, too much egotism in it. It was the hymn in the garden. They said, we're going to take it out of the hymnal. One preacher on the committee said, well, it's just like Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He walks with me through the green pastures. I want to tell you, they left it in the hymnal. I'm glad they did. Folks, we have a personal God, a personal God. Well, he's also glorious because he is majestic. Look, look back at verse number one. How majestic is your name in all the earth. David said, how 
majestic, how wonderful is your name in all the earth. That verse goes on to say, who have displayed your splendor above the heavens. Verse number 2 says, From the mouths of infants and nursing babes you have established strength. You know, there's something about a baby that changes things. Would you agree with that? Man, when you get married and then you get to a point that you have a child, man, when a baby comes into your house... It'll change your world. The other day I was in the church office and Brynn and Scott's little girl McKinley uh, came to the church office. That office shut down. Everybody went over there and they started playing with McKinley. I heard what was going on so I came out of my office I am down on my hands and knees playing with McKinley. McKinley got into some, some suckers. And uh, Melinda will remember this. She got into some suckers. And uh, so McKinley was trying to give me a sucker. So she gave me the purple sucker. I gave it back to her. Then she tried to give me, she gave me an orange sucker. I gave that back to her. Then, then she gave me a, a, a cherry red sucker and I, I gave that back to her. Then she gave me one of those chocolate Tootsie Roll Pops. I didn't give that back to her. <laughs> That's my favorite. A baby in the Nile River named Moses can change the world, can he? A baby in a manger in Bethlehem can change the world. So David says, out of the mouth of babes, you have established strength. Danny Aiken at Southeastern Seminary says, in fact, it is the weak who silence the wicked, the tiny who shut the mouths of God's enemies, one in a manger who would put to flight the avenger and revengeful. There's a verse in the New Testament 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27. It says, For God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. In other words, God can use a baby instead of a king. God can use people that are nothing in the eyes of the world to shame those who are wise. So we need to praise the Lord for His glory. Let me move on. Number two, we need to praise the Lord for His grandeur. Praise the Lord for His grandeur. That's verses 3 and 4. And what David does here once again, he considers the heavens. Now look in verse number 3. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. The Message Bible in verse number 3 says, I look up at your macro skies, dark and enormous, your handmade sky, jewelry, moon and stars mounted in their settings. 
Oh, what David says, he says, God, when I look at the sky, I see your masterpiece. God, I see your grandeur there. And so we need to realize God has created the big stuff of the universe. I don't know how many universe or how much there is out there in the cosmos, but I do know this. God made it all. God made it all. Well, God also, because of His grandeur, cares for the little stuff. Now look at verse number 4, talking about the little stuff. What is man that you take thought of him, and the son of man that you care for him? You know what man is? Man's just a speck. Man is just dust. That's all we are. But God not only cares for the big stuff, the universe, God looks down and God cares for you and I. God's love and God's heart is set on you and I. Man, when God looks down on me, God says, boy, that is my child. That's little Richard down there. <laughs> As my child. And I love him. Well, man is on earth by God's grace. Today we need to praise the Lord that God not only has time to run the universe, God has time for you and I. Let me move on, all right? Number three, third on your outline. We need to also praise the Lord for His goodness. For His goodness. When we are confronted with the God of Psalm 8, we, we see a God who is good. Oh, we used to say God is good, and the people would say all the time, and God is good in all that He does for you and I. Look at verse number 5. Verse 5 says, Yet you have made Him a little lower than God. The word for God there is Elohim. And you crown Him with glory and majesty. The Bible says we are crowned with honor. We are crowned with honor. Went to a men's conference one time and took a bunch of guys down to this men's conference and uh, a speaker got up there and, and he said, Men, he said, you are the king of your house. He said, Men, you are in charge of your home. One guy that was with us punched me in the side and said, if I go home and tell Ethel I'm the king, she's liable to crown me with a skillet. <laughs> well, the Bible says God has crowned you and I. In verse number 5, God has crowned us with glory and majesty. Also, we are commissioned as rulers. Uh, look at verses 6 through 8. You have made him to rule over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes through the paths of the seas. The Bible says that God has put things under our feet to rule. You know, in the Garden of Eden, it was paradise. And then we find paradise was lost, but 
Only through Christ can paradise be regained. Again, Danny Aiken at Southeastern Seminary said, Paradise lost will be paradise regained. Because of a man, a man of God's own choosing, even Jesus our Lord. By the way, I'd remind you there in verse number 5, where it says, And you crown him with glory and majesty. Let me tell you how good God is. God is so good that he crowned you and I. Now listen to me. He crowned you and I with glory. But what did he crown his son with? A crown of thorns. And that's how much God loves us. That he would let his one and only son wear the crown of thorns so that you and I can wear the crown of glory. Well, I've got to move on. Last point today, number four. We need to praise the Lord for His greatness. Psalm 8 begins and ends the same way. Same verse. Verse number 9. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is Your name in all the earth. O Yahweh, Covenant God, capital L-O-R-D, all the letters capped. And then our Lord, Adonai, the boss, controller, the one who is in charge. How majestic is your name. The Message Bible in verse number 9 says it like this. Your name echoes around the world. Boy, think about that. New American Standard says your name in all the earth, but the Message Bible, your name echoes. God, 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 God. Echoes around the world. Charles Spurgeon, the great British preacher, in his commentary, the treasury of David said about this psalm, Descend to the lowest depths, of the ocean, where the water sleeps undisturbed and the sand is motionless in unbroken quiet. The glory of the Lord is there, revealing its excellence in the silent palace of the sea. Borrow the wings of the morning and fly to the farthest parts of the sea. God is there. Fly to the highest heaven and God is praised and everlasting song. Even dive to the deepest hell, and God is justified in terrible vengeance. Everywhere and in every place, God dwells. Man, you cannot escape Him. You cannot escape Him. J.I. Packer, great theologian, said that we have spent four centuries making God smaller and smaller and smaller and making man bigger and bigger and bigger. But the Bible says God should be made bigger and you and I should be made smaller. What a wonderful psalm. 
What a wonderful hymn. As the people of God, we need to celebrate this great and wonderful God who is a God of glory, a God of grandeur, a God of goodness, and a God of greatness. Father, I thank you today for your blessed word. Lord, I thank you today. Lord, for this wonderful psalm. God, I know years ago the Hebrews sang this psalm. And Lord, I just pray today that we can live it. And Father, as we contemplate who you are, I pray that your spirit would deal with people today. God, in this time of invitation that we're going to have, I pray that you would move in a mighty way. In the wonderful name of Jesus, amen. We're going to have a time of invitation. If you're here today and you're not a member of our church, God has spoken to you today about moving your membership, becoming a member at First Baptist. We'd love to have you. If you're here today and you don't know Christ in a personal way, you can know him today. Christ can come into your heart today. Our staff will be here at the front. We'll greet you as the choir sings. Let's stand together.